Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is uh, Gerald Brooks. Thanks so much for taking a few moments to listen to the podcast. Uh, This podcast is a little bit different than others that I've done because I have a handful of what I call uh, young kids in here. When I say young kids, uh, pretty well anyone who's under the age of 50, I consider a kid. But uh, right now, um, there's some kids in my room, and they're the young staff at my church that uh, I believe have the opportunity to be the future of our church if uh, they choose to make that decision. But they're constantly people that um, I'm trying to pour myself into that they might have a little bit of the feel of the DNA of our church, and not only the DNA of our church, but um, also uh, the leadership capacity of our church. Uh, For all you senior pastors out there, let me just say, uh, I believe that leadership is caught and not just taught, that proximity creates opportunity, and being around leaders helps people to learn to lead, and so this is a group of people that uh, I believe have a high upside as they choose to be faithful in their leadership journey. All that being said, um, the lesson that I'm about to share with you, uh, lessons you must learn if you're going to lead, is just a simple lesson, but a lot of it was uh, me being on a plane yesterday, and I was thinking, wow, if there were just a handful of lessons that I were going to communicate uh, to a group of leaders and say, these are sort of the lessons, these are the lessons you've really got to learn if you're going to lead for a long time, what would those lessons be? Well, uh, I came up with uh, 10 thoughts, and I just want to walk you through them. Again, these are lessons you must learn if you're going to lead. So uh, let me just walk you through. Some of them I'm going to emphasize more than others, but uh, I think that there are some key lessons uh, that can help anyone in their leadership journey. Number one is this. Obedience is progressive. Whatever you're doing today, God's going to ask you to do more tomorrow. To me, that's one of the foundational thoughts uh, of leadership. Obedience is progressive. I watch people who at times uh, struggle with the obedience factor with God. God's asking me to do something. Well, I feel like I'm supposed to do something, but what I'm doing right now, I just feel like it's a little bit overwhelming. And I hear that, and I appreciate that, but what I know as a leader is this, obedience is progressive. Whatever God's asking you today, he will ask you to do more tomorrow. He's not going to look at you at any time and say, man, you've been so obedient that you get to do less. God's always going to ask you to do more. And so to me, in my mindset, just coming to terms with the fact that whatever I think the struggle is today, well, I'm obeying God. I'm obeying God when it comes to my family. I'm obeying God when it comes to uh, my leadership journey. I'm obeying God when it comes to my finances. I'm obeying God when it comes to, uh, and you just fill in the blank. You just need to understand, you need to write it down, that whatever you consider obedience today, God's going to ask you to do more tomorrow. And the sooner you just sort of resolve that and just say, that's the way life's going to be. If I'm going to walk with God, if I'm going to be close to God, 
I'm going to be serious about God, if I'm going to be the individual that God's going to use in some capacity uh, to impact other lives, you just write it down. God's not going to look at you and say, hey, you've been so good, you get to do less. God's always going to ask you to do more. And the sooner you learn that lesson and you just sort of put it away and say, okay, I obeyed God today. What I know is tomorrow God's going to ask me to obey him and I'm going to be asked to do something that's more than I did today. And you just put it away. But if you're sitting there struggling with the idea, oh man, you know, obedience is hard. You know, I have to do this today. I have to do that. And it's just so hard. It's so this. It's not that you're resisting leadership. It's that you're resisting God. Obedience is progressive. I can just say, I get asked many times the the question of tithing. Uh, Well, do you believe in tithing? Well, I do believe in tithing. I believe that tithing is a tipping point for the economy of our lives. I believe that God knew that this world was cursed and that because this world was cursed, that there was a level of obedience that someone had to factor into their life for God to be able to tip the, the blessing of God and overcome the curse that's in this planet. Now, all that being said, people say, well, tithing's hard. Tithing's not hard for me because the 10% rule went out the window for me a long time ago. The idea of giving 10% is is something that God wouldn't let me go back to anyway because I give way more than the 10% factor. So that being said, I just want to say to you that if you're going to lead, You have to understand that obedience is progressive. Whatever you're doing today, God's going to ask you to do more tomorrow. Second thought, the more often you're mad at people, the less likely you will keep leading. The more often that you're mad at people, the less likely you will keep leading. Can I tell you something? Um, Being mad is something that all of us get and all of us feel. But if you're always mad at someone about something in some way, I'm just telling you, you're not going to lead. You cannot lead if you're always mad. Nelson Mandela uh, put it this way. He said, you can't lead and be angry. And I know that because I have high expectations and high standards for me, which means I have high expectations and high standards for others, Uh, there's always something to be angry about. There's always someone who didn't pull their weight. There's always someone who didn't do what you thought they should do and what you consider to be the baseline of performance. They didn't do that. But what I also know is, is that you can't lead if you're always angry. And you've just got to come to terms with that. You've got to come to terms that being an effective leader is more important than being mad. And if you are going to be an effective leader, you don't get to stay mad. You get to say, okay, I'm bothered by this, but now we're moving on and we're not going to be mad. And so if everything someone says makes you mad, if everything someone does makes you mad, if every time life doesn't go the way you plan, it makes you mad, you just got to get over it because you cannot lead God's people. And probably the most profound example is in the Old Testament when Israel was complaining and Moses got frustrated 
and he got mad. And because he got mad, he did something in a way that he shouldn't have done it. And it's going to cost him his entry into the promised land. He's never going to lead at the level that God intended because of anger. And so the more often you're mad at people, and I know some people, you know, they're always critical. They're always negative. I get it. There's so much to be critical of in our world. But what I'm saying is, is that you can't lead. Because what will happen is you'll do like Moses. You'll start hitting things you shouldn't hit. And when you hit things you shouldn't hit, God's going to say, I can't have you be that kind of leader. So number one, obedience is progressive. Whatever you're doing today, God's going to ask you to do more. Number two, the more often you're mad at people, the less likely you'll keep leading. Number three, faithfulness is the ability to show up on the days that you don't want to. See, faithfulness isn't complex. Faithfulness is the ability to show up on the day that you don't want to. You get up and you say, well, I don't want to do that. That's all right. Show up and do it. Well, I don't want to go there. That's all right. Just get up and go there. See, faithfulness is the ability to show up on the days that you don't want to. See, we consider leadership to be getting to do what we want to do. But God told Paul, he says, He hath enabled me who hath considered me faithful. Moreover, it's required of a steward that they be faithful. Jesus uttered the words, Well done, my good and faithful servant. There's no mystery to this. There are days when you just don't want to. There are days when I just do not want to. That's all right. Be faithful. Faithfulness is the ability to show up on the days that you don't want to. Here's the deal. Faith is when we can trust God. Faithfulness is when God can trust us. I know a lot of people who want to be able to trust God who don't live in such a way that God can trust them. So, it's not about want to. It's just about showing up. It's not about, hey man, you know, I'm all excited. I get to go. I get to do this. Faithfulness is the ability to show up on the days that you don't want to. Number four. If you have to keep score, you'll always be disappointed. See, if you have to track every time someone said thank you, you're going to be disappointed. If you're going to have to track every time someone high-fived you, you're going to be disappointed. If you're going to have to track how much you feel appreciated, you're going to be disappointed. If you're going to track how much you feel like people recognized all your hard work, you're going to be disappointed. See, what the Bible gives us is it says that God will not overlook our righteous labor of love. 
People will. God won't. So if it's not good enough for you to know that God won't overlook it, and everyone else is, you're going to struggle. Because if you have to keep score, you will always be disappointed. And I get it. We live in a day where everyone wants high esteem. And we should always give that as best as we can. But we also live in a day where people want to be highly esteemed for things that necessarily are just normal everyday life. Jesus told a parable one time, and he compared it to a servant. And he said, does a servant need to be thanked for doing what he was supposed to do? It's interesting, I have a man on my staff, that's his life verse. He says, I'm a servant. I don't need to be thanked for what I'm supposed to do. So it's an interesting thing. Do we say thank you? Absolutely. But if you have to keep score, you're always going to be disappointed. And some people will come to me and they say, man, you know, ministry's hard and I just always feel so disappointed. And I think they're keeping score. Because when you keep score, you're the one who loses. Number five, never let a moment be bigger than your joy. Never let a moment be bigger than your joy. I've spent a lot of time teaching this concept across the nation. But the concept is just a very, very simple thought. Our joy is based on something bigger than our circumstance. And we never let our circumstances determine our joy. So never let a moment, man, this is hard, this is difficult, this didn't go the way I wanted it to do. Never let the moment determine your joy. Number six. Everyone must choose between comfort and commitment. Everyone's got to choose between comfort and commitment. And how you decide that in your life is really going to determine your journey. See, comfortable people are seldom committed. And so a lot of people, they live their lives just wanting to be comfortable. But the problem is, is that comfortable people are seldom committed to much in life other than to be comfortable. Now, that doesn't mean committed people can't have comfort. But what it does mean is seldom are committed people comfortable. And so there's a sense in life that you've got to choose. You've got to choose between comfort and commitment. And right now, our society, we live on this thin edge. I will be as committed as I can while staying as comfortable as I want to be. And there's just not much room for comfort 
and commitment to work together with that kind of analogy. So people say, hey, you know, I'm willing to be committed, but above all, they're motivated by comfortable. So the question is, when it comes down to it, will you choose to be comfortable or will you choose to be committed? Number seven. If the world's too big, it's usually because you're no longer growing. On these podcasts, I've mentioned that I have the privilege of having a very special relationship with a man who's just known for teaching leadership. His name's John Maxwell. And John has allowed me to probably have access to him at levels that very few people get to have access to him. And I've gotten to be a part of his journey at levels that very few people get to. But recently I was hearing John speak and he said, I'm more committed to grow at the age of 69 than I've ever been in my life. And I thought, what an amazing statement for any leader to say. That at 69, having led multiple churches, multiple organizations, having impacted the world, that he sits there and he says, hey, I'm more committed to grow at the age of 69. When most people just begin to say, hey, I'm phoning it in, he wants to grow and he wants to keep growing. So if the world's too big, it's usually because you're not growing. And so growth is something that only you can choose. See, growth doesn't accidentally happen. Weeds are the only things that grow accidentally. Anything else is intentional and it's purposeful. So just understand the world's too big. You've just quit growing. Number eight, the friendships you develop today will define your tomorrow. Now, I say that to you because yesterday I flew out early in the morning to have a short window of time with a very dear friend of mine. I'm not going to say his name, but he's going through a trauma. But not only was I going to be spending a few moments with a very dear friend, but other friends who are not his friend per se, not saying they're not friends with each other, I'm just saying they haven't had an opportunity, they're going to fly out and they're going to meet me. Because they know this man's my friend and they want to help him because he's my friend. And I'm watching my friends take up the opportunity to help someone that they really do not know and to help him in ways that are going to be intensive. And I thought to myself, how in the world do you get friends who don't know each other to be totally committed to somebody who's going through a hard time when they don't have a personal friendship with them? And I thought, I've developed these friendships not over days, not over weeks, not over months, but I've developed them over years. And because in each one of these individuals' lives, I've had the opportunity to be there for them when they've gone through hardship. 
they're now willing to pick up on short notice and go someplace to be a friend to one of my friends. And I thought this didn't happen overnight. It happened because these friendships were developed. Now, let me say something. Uh, You've got to develop portable friendships. And portable friendships are different. Because John Maxwell and I, we cannot see each other at times because of his schedule and mine for months. And we want text, we want talk, but all of a sudden you put us in the same room. It's not like, well, why didn't you call me? Why haven't you been texting me? Why haven't you? Lasting friendships are portable. And that is when you get together, you pick up where you stopped. And no one's saying, oh, you should have called me. You should have done this. What I found is, is that if you're going to have lasting relationships, you choose people in your life that you may not see them for months, but when you see them, the friendship is totally committed there. And it's not all of the scorekeeping that we talked about before. So yesterday, I got to see relationships that I've developed over decades come together to help a friend, all because I developed those relationships. The friendships you develop today will determine your tomorrow. I did not realize that those friendships that I was developing would be the key to helping another friend. Number nine, sacrifice is simply doing something that you don't want to do when you don't want to do it. I tell people that if I were going to test for any two skills to find out if someone was going to be successful in business and ministry, and Christianity, and marriage, and life. I wouldn't test their personality because I found that people's personalities, I found people who failed with all kinds of personalities, and I found people who succeed. But I would test for this. Are they willing to sacrifice? And I would test Do they have the ability to focus? You show me someone who will do something that they don't want to do when they don't want to do it and who can focus. And I will show you somebody who will be significant in life. They will do something that will change their life but will change everyone else's. And what I know is God asks us to sacrifice. That simple terminology, take up your cross daily, didn't say weekly, monthly, yearly. Every day God's going to ask you to sacrifice. Are you willing to do something you don't want to do when you don't want to do it? Sacrifice. It's one of the most precious gifts that anyone can learn to give. Because it truly is a game changer. It's a life changer. Number 10. Learn to say no to things you want to say yes to. In Christian circles, we're very good about teaching about temptation and negativity. We're very good about teaching people and saying, Hey, you know what? You just can't, 
you know, say yes to those kind of things, but they're always pretty negative. But if you're going to be a leader, you've got to learn to say no to things that you want to say yes to. So let me give you an illustration. I'm very disciplined when it comes to the everydayness of life. So I told my staff this morning, every day I'm going to walk over 10,000 steps. It's just built into my life. Why? Because they've done tests. They say you're smarter when you're standing than when you're seated. And I know most people, and they need to be smarter than they are, so they need to stand up. But if you're going to lead, you're not going to just say, hey, I'm going to say no to bad things, but sometimes you're going to say no to good things. So let me tell you a secret in my life. I love popcorn. Popcorn is probably my most favorite snack of all time. On my grave, don't bring potato salad. Pour popcorn over it. That will be a life changer for me. Now, um, that being said, I'm committed to stay small. Someone says, what does that mean? I want to be skinny. So every day I walk. But it also means this. Every day I say no to things that I want to say yes to. So Jenny and I went to a theater the other day, and I'd just eaten breakfast. But we went to an early mo- movie, and everything in there spoke of popcorn. You could smell it. It was great. Seemed so good. You're at the movie, popcorn. Except I knew that if I ate popcorn with other things I was going to eat the rest of the day, it was probably not going to put me on the road to staying skinny. It's probably going to put me on a road to being something other than skinny. And so I stood there and I looked at the popcorn, I looked at Jenny and I said, you know what, in life, you've got to say no to things that you want to say yes to. Now, popcorn's not evil. In fact, I believe it's a sign of a good God, that God created a world filled with popcorn. But what I'm saying is, if you're going to lead, there are times you just say no. Not to what's evil, but to what's good. It says when Jesus was in Capernaum, miracles were happening, and the people said, can you stay in our city? And he said no. Why? Because I'm sent to the other cities also. If you're going to lead, you're going to have to say no to good moments and good times. So, lessons you've got to learn if you're going to lead. Number one, obedience is progressive. Whatever you're doing today, God's going to ask you to do more tomorrow. Number two, the more often that you're mad at people, the less likely you'll keep leading. Number three, faithfulness is the ability to show up on the days that you don't want to. Number four, if you have to keep score, you'll always be disappointed. Number five, never let a moment be bigger than your joy. Number six, everyone must choose between comfort and commitment. Number seven, if the world's too big, it's usually because you're no longer growing. Number eight, the friendships you develop today will define your tomorrow. And number nine, sacrifice is simple. It's doing something you don't want to do when you don't want to do it. Number ten, Learn to say no to things that you want to say yes to. Just some thoughts 
I've never found a leader that I respected and got to see the uh, backside of life with them who didn't live out these principles. So I hope articulating it at least gives you a place where you can say, hey, I want to grow. I want to be that kind of person. Thank you so much.